Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Where I am here in Baltimore, that crisp, cooling air can only mean one thing is on the horizon— list season. You know, when everyone's out here with their best of lists for everything from cooking gadgets to movies to pants or whatever. Of course, there will be best books lists from us here at NPR and other folks. And if there's any justice in the world, you'll be seeing today's author on that list. His name is Jonathan Escoffrey, and his debut short story collection is called If I Survive You. It follows a Jamaican-American family, and the book finds a way to talk about identity, class, and race in a way that doesn't feel preachy or lectury at all. He talked to here and now's Deepa Fernandez about adding some layers of complexity to the narratives we hear so often when it comes to stories about immigration. Support for NPR and the following message come from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. One of the most acclaimed literary debuts this year was Jamaican-American Jonathan Escoffrey's short story collection, If I Survive You. It was long-listed for the National Book Award for Fiction. The eight tales are cleverly woven to tell one bigger story about family, race, and the Jamaican-American experience. The first story, In Flux, addresses the question of identity. This excerpt explores what happens when a nine-year-old American boy visits Jamaica, his parents' country, for the first time. You disagree with every aspect of the island life, down to the general lack of central air conditioning. You prefer burgers and hot dogs to jerked or curried anything. Back at home, your parents accuse you of speaking, and even acting, like a real Yankee. But if by Yankee they mean American, you embrace it. I speak English, you respond. That's Torian Brackett from the audible version of If I Survive You. Yet back in Florida, the young boy also struggles to fit in and find his place. I met with Jonathan Escoffrey to talk about the book. I began by asking him to give me a thumbnail sketch of the stories it contains. It's about a family of Jamaicans who leave uh, Kingston to move to Miami in the late 1970s. And for much of the book, we're, we're following different members of the family as they struggle to acclimate to their life, their lives in the United States and particularly in Miami, Florida. And we follow the first, um, or I should say the, the only American-born son in the family for, for much of the book. His name is Trelawney. And he is struggling to figure out who he's going to be in the world. And Chalani is trying to, for much of the book, uh, dig himself out of homelessness and uh, reclaim his position within the family by putting a roof over his head and eventually trying to buy the family home and prove his worth to his family. And Trelawney's a smart kid. He's a college grad. But one of the themes that I found really interesting was that you take us really into the lives of low-wage workers and not your stereotypical low-wage jobs. I'd love you to talk a little bit about your kind of motivation for doing that, your inspiration behind, you know, just the grittiness and the instability of the kinds of work even Trelawney as a college grad ends up having to do. 
I was interested in this idea that, you know, Trelawney, he leaves Miami for a time for college and he goes to the Midwest and he gets a bachelor's degree in English. And he has this idea that he's going to move back to Miami. And, you know, he, he, if he has this degree, that's going to guarantee him a job. And it, unfortunately for him, he comes back during the 2008 recession and he's unable to find a job. And I was interested in this because I remember, you know, living through that recession and how difficult it was to find a job. And um, my and just a little sidebar here, as the children of immigrants, our parents would never want us to get an English degree. Like, it's almost useless, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and he is having that same experience. He wants to go away and think that he's going to be a writer and uh, pursue art and his family isn't really supportive of that. And, you know, despite my, all my years as someone who has a, a BA in, in English and has an MFA and is currently in a PhD program and, and a, an additional graduate program, I, I still don't quite understand what I can do with my bachelor's in, in English. Um, despite so maybe they're right? So I, I think they're, they have a point. Another theme in the book, obviously, is, is race and identity, whiteness, anti-blackness. And I think one of the things that I found really interesting was the, the discriminatory behaviors towards Trelawney and his family didn't necessarily come from white folks. It came from other people of color, the, the Cuban mother of his girlfriend, the, the Chinese parents of another friend, the... Puerto Rican kids at school who found out he wasn't Puerto Rican, but that he was Jamaican or black or something and excluded him. It's not something we we hear or read about much. Why did you want to go there? And it wasn't just one time, it was repeatedly throughout the stories. I don't know. So much has been contributed to literature in terms of how whiteness um, inherently excludes and inherently excludes black people. And, and the book certainly deals with that as well, but I, I don't know. I, uh, my experience um, growing up in Miami and, and also spending my time in, in the Midwest, I, I, I can't help but uh, catalog these other moments where we are sometimes, you know, terrible to one another. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, and sometimes that's in pursuit of um, gaining proximity to whiteness I mean, another way of looking at it is that I didn't want to just talk about race and then center whiteness. I, I wanted to talk about, like, what are, what are we doing as, as people of color and, and how are we treating one another? One of the other really interesting things that jumped out at me was that you weren't afraid to, to take on some things like U.S. imperialism and its role in Jamaica and the CIA involvement in Jamaica as reasons for migration, as reasons why people might get pushed out of a country. Again, not the standard reasons, stereotypical reasons that we hear about why people immigrate. I think I had, I had to have faith that showing, you know, peeling back the layers and saying, you know, not all immigrants come here for opportunity in, in like we, we've heard a lot of that narrative and, and that um, is, is certainly true for, for a lot of people, but there's also this other element of, let's just say the U S not always being friendly to immigrants and then totally ignoring the reasons why they come here in the first place. And I think particularly thinking of um, the stories that I grew up with, 
as the son of Jamaicans who were pretty solidly middle class in Jamaica and had, um, I mean, the, the stories go that they uh, had fairly nice lives. And when I, when I visit Jamaica and I visit their friends who, who never left, their, their lives seem pretty great. Um, I'm not saying perfect, but uh, you, you never see those Jamaicans or you rarely see Caribbean people like them in, in, in books or on TV. Um, it's always uh, a kind of narrative about poverty and how the U.S. saved people. And I, I wanted to take a closer look at that when, you know, the narratives that I grew up with had a lot to do with or were, were more centered on, you know, U.S. involvement in creating hostile environments for people who then, you know, had to make a decision whether or not to, to leave for the purpose of, of safety and not upward mobility. Who are you writing the book for? Like, as you were writing the stories, who, who was the audience you pictured? Like, was it your relatives in Jamaica? Was it the kids you grew up with in Miami? Was it kind of the, the literary world that you encountered at grad school? I think I may have revised at times thinking about those communities, but yeah, I, like I definitely didn't write the book for uh, Jamaicans thinking, oh, this is for 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 you, J- particularly Jamaicans back in Jamaica. If anything, I've I've felt um, a little bit more of a of an anxiety because uh, I mean I'm a lot like my character Trelawney, right? It's like. I might be walking around happily and saying, you know, I'm, I'm Jamaican, you know, and, and one of them will sit, look at me and say, come on, you're, you're not Jamaican. Like, what do you know about Jamaica? Um, but Jamaicans in the diaspora, um, I'm, I'm always really excited to talk to them, especially um, about the, the project of the, the book. So fictionalized autobiography slash memoir, perhaps? I would say, you know, there there are parts of the book that were inspired by true events. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that, but it, it's, it's fiction. It's fiction. Jonathan Escoffrey, author of If I Survive You, thank you so much for joining us on Here and Now. Thank you so much for having me. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.